0: This is The Side Hustle Show with Nick Loper, episode 58, behind the scenes of my 20,000 download Kindle launch. Welcome to The Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your 9 to 5 may make you a living, but your 5 to 9 makes you alive. And now, your host, Nick Loper. Hey everybody, Nick Glover here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, coming at you with a special Friday edition of the podcast this is a, a solo show. It's just me. I want to talk to you about my recent Kindle launch uh, for the book project Work Smarter uh, that ended up generating over 20,000 free downloads. I want to talk about the tactics, uh, takeaways, and results from that launch, kind of in the in the pre-launch phase, the creation stage, uh, what went on during launch week, my marketing tactics and strategies, as well as the transition from free to paid. And during that time, the, the book has uh, has earned close to $1,000 in probably will surpass $1,000 in royalties by the time this episode airs. So I wanted to just kind of break break this all down for you and kind of go through what worked, what didn't work, and, uh, and what I might try and improve on next time or how you can to kind of apply these same things to your book launches, if you uh, if you want to go down that path. And I should this would be a perfect time to note that I didn't have any particular expertise or or qualifications to write this book. It, it just was a collection of different resources that other people had named and I compiled them together. The value is in the curation rather than the, the expert status of the author in this case. So this book actually started out as a blog post. Idea, um, and, and the text as it kind of grew past ten thousand words, which you know would be ten times the length of a typical blog post. And I, I figured this is this is going to be a completely different animal. I figured it would be better suited to a book format. It actually, ended up being around twenty thousand words in total. So the project, if you're not familiar, it's at worksmarter.co, worksmarter.co. The it was all about the online tools and resources that today's top entrepreneurs are using to get their work done. And so I'm always excited to learn about new tools, and I know other people feel the same way. So this book is about kind of the joy of discovery, uh, you know, of something that can make your life easier—the the apps, the software, the tools that um, can make your life easier, more efficient. And that's what you know, Work Smarter intended to do. And based on that feedback, it did. I mean, uh, the book has 63 five-star reviews and. You know, if you if you missed it, I guarantee you'll find something new, novel, and useful among the 350 plus resources that are named in there, or your money back. That's my guarantee. Uh, so here's some hard numbers I want to share from the launch. So during the launch week, gave away uh, over 20,000 copies, 20,215 free downloads, over 550 contributors. Uh, you know, named resources for the book. It's generated. 722 paid downloads so far. I'm at $835 in royalties in the first two weeks after switching from free to paid. And I expect that, you know, it's consistently making sales every day. So I, like I said, I can expect that to continue to increase as the as the days go by. Now, for to support the launch, I sent out 413 individual emails to the different contributors. And that email campaign generated a 44% response rate and actually generated a bunch of social media sharing, which I'll get to uh, in, in a minute as well. Uh, 378 unique resources were shared, and, 300, and, the, and the book launch generated 334 new email subscribers for Side Hustle Nation. Uh, I got... I got 580 visitors to 580 readers to click on the, um, you know, to click on the call to action in, in the first week. And uh, those people converted at 57% from the landing page. So that probably could have been improved a little bit, um, given the sheer volume of downloads. But, you know, I was really happy with that. Uh, with that. <laughs> I was happy with, with that volume of new uh, of new subscribers, because that's a big percentage uh, of my list. Um, in total, the book had around 200. 200- in production costs. And a lot of that was actually free to me with a virtual assistant service. I'm going to get into that in a minute. Um, Generated a couple hundred retweets in in a social reach in the Hundreds of thousands. Some of the people that retweeted it had a massive, massive uh, following, um, including Chris Ducker, Jay Baer, uh, Sean Malarkey, some really high profile uh, Twitter accounts. You know, we're sharing this uh, in the week it came out. So it was really cool stuff. I'll show you how I generated $108 in affiliate commissions from, a, from giving away a free book. And I'll walk through the 79 fancy hands requests that used to kind of build the foundation uh, of the book itself. So let's get let's get into this. Um, uh, I should add that it, it wasn't all rainbows and unicorns a, as well because I want to. I'll, I'll share why I changed the title mid-launch or mid-week. Uh, what I could have done better on social media and how uh, actually the first seventeen thousand readers who got a copy uh, accidentally got a hard to navigate version of the book due to some formatting mistake on my end. Um, on the on the Kindle that I messed up. So let's get into it. So the first stage is the pre-launch stage. And like every project, it starts with an idea. And in this case, my idea was to compile a list of entrepreneurs' favorite online resources. And I knew from listening to John Lee Dumas that the Entrepreneur on Fire show notes archive would be an excellent place to start because at the end of every show, John asks his guests that very question during the lightning round. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote you're absolutely in love with? And, and sure enough, guests you know give an answer. I thought the resulting list would be make a pretty epic. Like I said, I hoped this would be a, a viral blog post, uh, but it quickly became much bigger than that. So I added in a few dozen contributors from my own network, and in total, five hundred and fifty-nine entrepreneurs named seven sorry, named three hundred and seventy-eight unique resources for the book. And and again, like I had said, no no unique expertise. Anybody could have done, you know, anybody could have taken on the same project and, and probably gotten the same or better results. And, and I bring that up because I'm sure I'm certain there are other similar opportunities out there, and that's what I want to get you excited about, rather than just to, to brag about. My launch was how you can apply these same tactics to whatever book you want to create, whatever product you want to create, and what kind of, you know, hopefully passive income asset you want to create for, you know, weeks, months, possibly years down the road. Okay, so for the actual writing of the book, it it began with this data collection. To gather the data, I had a virtual assistant service called Fancy Hands comb through the uh, Entrepreneur on Fire show notes archive to collect all the online resources that have been named in the 500 plus episodes that were live um, at the time of the show. Now now it's over 600, so I'm already looking forward to, you know, the 2015, uh, you know, version 2.0 of the book. Um, what they did, they added the tools uh, along with the contributors' names into Google Docs spreadsheet and I think now would be a good time to bring up too that even though this is public is public information, I still made sure to ask for John and Kate's blessing before before launching this project or before launching the book. So I relied heavily on Fancy Hands to build uh, the foundation for Work Smarter, and this was just the start of everything they did. If you're not familiar with them, their their service is forty five dollars a month for fifteen. 15-minute tasks, so I upgraded to the, uh, the to the super premium plan or the premium plan that included 25 tasks for $65, and then when I ran out of of those tasks, I upgraded to a super kind of secret super premium option that was 50 tasks for $130. Uh, because the tasks are limited to 15 minutes, it actually took several requests to complete. You know, each job, uh, for example, with the spreadsheets is, you know, can you go through, um, you know, rows one through 50 or, you know, just do as many as you can in 15 minutes and then, you know, we'll pass it on to the next guy. And so the next guy will start at row 73 and, you know, he'll take it from there 15 minutes and then on and on like that. So fancy hands, uh, aside from gathering, you know, kind of building the foundation, building that uh, original spreadsheet list of the contributors and the resources. They they helped categorize all the tools. They found descriptions and links for everything. They found the pricing information. They, they translated all of that spreadsheet data into uh, sentence and paragraph form, also in Google Docs. And it, it, like it would be cool to say that you know that a virtual assistant service wrote the whole book for me, but that would really be a stretch. It would it still took you know a couple of weeks of my own time, uh, you know, adding my own content, formatting and editing before I was you know really comfortable calling it complete. And so, but for this you know for kind of this structural portion of the project, it took about uh, forty six tasks, which had a cost you know amortized out of you know one hundred nineteen dollars. And but here's the here's the cool part. I actually have several months worth of fancy hands credit in the bank for referring other users to their service, and uh, they wouldn't let me cash it out. So, you know, the service is essentially free to me. So that was kind of cool. Now, um, another part of my pre-launch strategy was a consultation with a kind of with a product launch expert. I talked to Pat Romaine. She's at uh, patromaine.com. The first thing she asked me to do was to clarify my goals of the launch and i replied that the project had two major goals number one was capture emails during this free launch phase i kind of knew i wanted to do the whole you know free kindle select promo whatever it was um you know during during the initial launch and the second one or the second goal is to generate enough momentum that paid sales carried on after the free promo ended like I said I was hoping to build this into a, uh, a passive income asset this you know it was an experiment we'll see what happens you know maybe this could uh, maybe this can earn some some royalty income down the road so on the collecting email front Amazon does not share their customer information with you it's a it's you know probably the biggest downside of their platform um, so even if the book generated thousands and thousands of downloads, I'd have no way to communicate or follow up with those readers. So to, to combat that, I offered a free bonus in the book and link directly to uh, a dedicated landing page. You can check it out if you want. It's at sidehustlenation.com free. Sidehustlenation.com free was the landing page I directed people to. And I gave away uh, a bonus ebook called 53 Takeaways from the World's Best Business Books. It was something that I'd already had created and i thought it had a broad enough appeal to to kind of perform well to you know to whoever might be downloading whoever might be reading the uh, the work smarter book so i included the offer three times in the book once at the beginning once in context in the middle and, and kind of once at the very end in the middle the context was something related to you know executive book summaries was a resource that somebody named oh by the way if you'd like to grab you know my you know, my my 53 takeaways from the world's best business books, click here and, and grab it for free. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I'm excited to partner with LinkedIn Sales Navigator for this episode. LinkedIn's Sales Navigator is a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize, and shows you hidden allies so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's billion member platform, billion with a B, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data, enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter most. Right now, Side Hustle Show listeners can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator free for 60 days at linkedin.com slash sidehustleshow. That's linkedin.com slash sidehustleshow for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell Like a superstar today, just go to LinkedIn.com slash Side Hustle Show to get started. This edition of The Side Hustle Show is sponsored by Squarespace. One of the biggest obstacles I hear from Side Hustle Show listeners is simply dealing with the technical frustrations of getting a site online and making it look the way you want. If that sounds familiar, I want to invite you to try Squarespace's new AI-guided design system called Squarespace Blueprint. You can choose from professionally curated layout and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up and then tailor it to your brand or business and optimize it for every device. It makes it easy to launch your website and get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools so you show up more often to more people and grow the way you want. Whether you sell physical or digital products or provide a service to clients, Squarespace makes it easy to start selling online and you can make checkout seamless for your customers by accepting credit cards, PayPal and Apple Pay and even offer customers the option to buy now and pay later. So head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash side hustle to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash side hustle. So before the launch, there, there was some pre-work involved too. So I also spent some time building out an autoresponder sequence in Aweber. So these new subscribers that I hoped would be coming in would be exposed to some of my best material over a uh, kind of a two-month drip campaign. And I don't know if the it's, – it's tough to say because you can't get analytics really on – you know, of the people who downloaded, how many people actually read your book? Because a lot of people will grab a free book and they may not get to it. So it's hard to say. You know, if my you know three hundred plus new subscribers were, uh, you know, is that good? I don't know. Um, but I was I was happy with the numbers. I thought because percentage wise, like I said, from from a small list, that was a really big bump. I was happy about that. Um, so building the next stage is kind of building pre-launch buzz. And so in my conversation with Pat. She she also suggested I kind of begin to tease out the project on social media and in my email newsletters, which I which I did. But I probably could have done a better job. I probably could have started earlier to kind of build up a little bit more anticipation. So one of the you know, one of the teasers I put out was kind of at the end of my email newsletters in just a PS like, Hey PS, I've been working uh, for this month on um, on a really fun project, compiling a list of online resources by, you know, your fellow entrepreneurs and side hustlers, you know, in total over 500 people contributed more than 350 unique resources. And I'm going to give it away for free for a limited time. Stay tuned on how to get your copy. And so Pat also recommended setting up a dedicated squeeze page on, on my site or on a, you know, on a special branded domain. To kind of capture the the hand raisers, the people who you know would reply back, or the people who would reply back to those social media um, you know teasers, and kind of expressing an interest, and you know I'll, I'll let you know you'll be the first to know about the launch. And this was a I did not make this a priority, but I definitely think it's a great strategy. I just didn't um, didn't have the time or didn't didn't execute that part very well. What I could have done is kind of use this op this pre opted in list. To kind of build a you know an initial buzz, give give pre-release copies to, try and get some you know get some initial reviews that way, get cover feedback, and really kind of make these people kind of on the inside, make them part of the process. And so that was a missed opportunity for me. I think this this is one thing that Pat uh, Pat Flynn talked about on his podcast with Jeff Goins, uh, you know a few months ago. It was probably actually close to a year ago on kind of the book marketing, uh, you know building your pre-launch tribe. I think. That was um, that was something that he did really well for Let Go, and that was something that I probably could have done better for um, you know better for work smarter. The next option or the next um, the next step in this in this book process was picking a title. And most book marketers will tell you that Amazon is just a big search engine, it, it, and even better than than Google, it's a search engine with a lot of credit saved credit card accounts attached to it. It was really really a valuable search engine. Um, they'll bring up that the title of your book is the single most important factor in what may be known as Amazon SEO. So I use a tool called Merchant Words. You can check it out at merchantwords.com to estimate the search volume for certain keywords on Amazon. But unfortunately, I didn't do this until after I launched the book. Now, I wanted You know, originally I wanted to lead with the meat. You know, the meat of the book, the 350 online resources. And thankfully, my thankfully the members of my mastermind group advised against that. Instead, they argued I should lead with the with the benefit. And so that kind of led to my original title, which was Work Smarter, 350 Plus Online Resources Today's Top Entrepreneurs Use to Increase Productivity and Grow Their Business. And why, you know, why did I go with Work Smarter? Because that's how I feel every time I discover a new awesome resource. And so that was kind of what I wanted to convey with the title. Um, And as it turns out, this was totally by by chance. There's actually a decent search volume on Amazon for that exact phrase, for Work Smarter, according to Merchant Words. They say it gets searched around 2,500 times per month. And it actually seems to be related to... um, an Evernote keyword because Evernote or sorry, WorkSmarter Evernote has a thousand searches, um, and I figure you know, if people are looking for Evernote. They might they might definitely be interested in a book that has you know three hundred fifty resources alongside uh, Evernote as well. Meanwhile, the phrase online resources, which I originally wanted to put you know, front and center in the title, returned zero results. So I was really happy with that selection. Uh, the next kind of keyword phrase that I was using was increased productivity, which also did well. And that had around 6,500 monthly searches. And then I started running into trouble. I knew... I wanted to, I knew I wanted to include the word entrepreneur, but I wasn't in love with kind of the wording at the end, which was originally grow, grow your business, grow their business. Um, So I had a conversation with uh, Chandler Bolt, who's the author of The Productive Person who's on the podcast recently. Um, he, He was generous enough to offer some, some consultations during the middle of my launch week. And he really pressed me on the search volume for the different keywords in my title and at that time, I didn't have any data to share with him. It was kind of embarrassing, and so that's when I started playing around with merchant words. And it turns out, so I got lucky on on increased productivity and work smarter. But I made a mistake with with grow grow your business, grow their business. It turns out that phrase gets almost no search volume, uh, less than a hundred less than hundred queries a month. And so after. So I did some playing around in Merchant Words. I found some good, uh, some, some better numbers related to goals. Um, so I changed the title midweek to uh, increase productivity and, ch- and achieve their goals. Now, Reach, originally it was Reach Goals, had a search volume of 8,000 uh, monthly, but Achieve Goals had a uh, monthly search volume of 12,500. So that's why I went with that. You know, the more you know, the more people who are searching for your keywords, the better chance you have to be discovered organically through Amazon. It's really, really powerful stuff. And here's one, I mean, just one more benefit of digital publishing, right? You can make changes to your, to your, the title of your book, to the cover of your book in just a matter of hours. Really, really cool stuff. And so that was, um, you know, that didn't cost anything. So that's cool. Uh, I think Merchant Awards has a, has a premium version, but I was just on their, you know, free free trial or something. Okay. Next up was it was time to design a cover. And I always get really excited when it's time to design a cover for any book project because that's generally one of the last steps before a launch. It's like, oh, you know, this is the home stretch. It's cover time. So I created a I created a mock-up cover or a concept cover. And I was going to send it off to, uh, to a handful of cover art- artists on Fiverr to see what came back. And um, and this is my you know my poor man's ninety nine design strategies. Like I can send this off to five people on Fiverr, and hey, I'm out twenty five bucks, and now I've got a concept I can either you know do do the upsell with you know one of these de- uh, Fiverr designers, or I can take this or kind of tweak it or some, somehow I can work with this. Um, but at this point, my wife intervened. She's a you know she's a PowerPoint. Rockstar. so she turned my ugly, ugly original cover in, into you know the the one that's up there today or a, a version of the one that's up there today. And I uh, was really, really happy with that and very much grateful to have some some in-house design talent to uh, to go with it. Didn't do any split testing, didn't ask for very many, you know uh, you sent it out to a couple people, hey, which do you prefer? Uh, you know choice A or choice b and and kind of went with the one that that got the most votes on there, but nothing you know scientific, no ninety nine designs or, or nothing like that. So, very affordable, actually free in this case uh, for, the, for the cover as well. Now, uh, formatting for Kindle, always a little bit of a challenge, kind of a learning curve. I screwed up my first, you know, my very first book, um, the virtual assistant book went out with, you know, all of the images, I guess, were broken or something. And so, in that case, 3,000 people downloaded it and, you know, bro- I'm, I'm very grateful that I did not get flamed in the reviews for that because that's something that, I've definitely seen people be less than forgiving about when the formatting is is messed up and the images are missing, stuff like that. Um, but I'm getting better at I'm getting better at Kindle uh, formatting. It's you know the learning curve is is coming into uh, effect there. So uh, each Kindle device is essentially an HTML reader, which means you've got to convert your Word document into the um, the web page filtered file mode. It's as easy as hitting Save As and selecting that option from the drop drop down menu. As, as an alternative, you can outsource your Kindle formatting to to someone on Fiverr, someone on Elance, or some other professional that specializes in that sort of thing. So what I did is I ran, uh, I downloaded the Kindle Previewer desktop software. So if you just Google Kindle Previewer software, uh, you know, it should be the first or second result. It, it, and I ran through to make sure everything looks okay. And you've got to kind of go through each of the different versions of the Kindle hardware. They have the different emulator for each one to see, to make sure it looks okay in each you know, in each format for it, um, and this usually takes several iterations because you're always going to catch something that doesn't look quite right on one of the different one, or you know, one of the different emulators, and so that software spits back out a .mobi file, .mobi file, and that's the version that you upload to uh, to your Kindle account, your kdp.amazon.com account, and this is where I screwed up. So it turns out I skipped a crucial step in formatting for Kindle, one that makes it so uh, Kindle can access your table of contents in, in kind of their home menu, and so people can navigate to different sections of your book um, you know, quickly and easily in, within, the, within the Kindle hardware, um, it, and especially for a book like this that wasn't necessarily, it didn't have to be read linearly, like people could jump around if they, hey, they're not interested in you know, a certain section, they could just skip to you know, whatever section they were interested in using this kind of internal navigation. And thankfully, a reader named Naima um, at Moonpreneur.net um, notified me of this along with the fix. I'm very, very grateful for her to send this over because I- instead of using Amazon's own software to generate the .mobi book file, I should have used this. Um, she sent me these instructions for a software called Calibre or Calibre, uh, C A L I B R E, uh, a free download, uh, free download software. I'm not sure if it's Calibre, Calibre, or Calibre. So in uh, in Calibre you set up your your table of contents and then it shows you know so it shows properly in in the Kindle devices and there's some step by step tutorials on how to do that online. Now unfortunately the first seventeen thousand downloaders like I said have got a less than optimal version of the book because of this stupid mistake online. that I honestly didn't know better and there, there's probably a way to do this you know in the uh, you know in the Amazon provided. Kindle generator software. I just don't know how to do it. And, and I was really thankful when NIMA sent me the you know, the, the instructions on how to do it through Calibre. Um, so that ended up being free as well. Next step was to submit the thing to Amazon. So if you don't have one already, you can set up a free author's account at kdp.amazon.com. And that's where you're going to be inputting your book details, the the title, the author, the description, how to upload your... And that's where you're going to upload your .mobi file that you've got from, uh, from Calibre. Now, the KDB, KDP site, Kindle Direct Publishing, is also where you're going to your input also where you'll input your pricing and royalty information, and decide uh, if you want to sign up for KDP Select. Now, real quick, uh, you know, books priced between two ninety nine dollars and $9.99 earn a 70% royalty in most cases, in books outside of that range earn a 35% royalty. So they kind of really strong arm you into saying, hey, this is how much an ebook book should cost because that's where we want to share the lion's share of the profits with you. Now, you can also, like we were talking about, KDP Select is, uh, is a program that gives Amazon exclusive rights to your content for a 90-day period. And in return, you have the ability to promote your book for free uh, for five days during that ninety-day period. I knew I wanted to capitalize on that. And there's some other benefits of KDP Select as well, like uh, you know, Prime, uh, Amazon Prime members can borrow your book for free and stuff like that. So pretty cool. Uh, you know, I re- definitely recommend it for people starting out just to to reach the widest audience. Doing the free promo thing um, has has worked for me, and I think I think that's a good way to go. So why would you do? free promo. Why would somebody spend all this time writing, you know, all this time and effort writing this book only to give it away for free? It doesn't make any sense. Um, You know, so aside from the email capture, aside from the lead generation angle, the the free promo launch is simply an attention-getting tactic. Now, the idea in this case was to drive as much traffic and interest and attention to the book in the form of downloads and reviews that kind of sticks in the chart. Amazon has no choice but to put it, you know, ranking highly in different categories, and that it continues to make sales after your free promo ends. Now, this is the opportunity to uh, to expose your work to just a massive, massive audience who otherwise couldn't be bothered. And maybe even you're going to recruit a few new members to your tribe. Um, so there's there's obviously a time cost to pr- produce the book, and an investment up front, and it can, can seem counterintuitive to give it away for free. But if you don't have a big uh, a big list to immediately sell to, I think this is a great way to kind of build up some uh, some initial exposure and some initial um, initial steam for the book. Uh, one contributor asked why I was sending people to Amazon and not giving the book away. Uh, for free on my own site if I was going to give it away for free anyways but requiring an email opt-in to do that and my reason for that was I thought people would be far less likely to share a, a link to somebody's you know email squeeze page and, and that sharing component was a big um, a big component of my marketing plan and I also thought I could reach you know many many times more readers and hopefully buyers later on amazon you know even if I didn't capture you know as many emails up front so I set up the free promo. Um, uh, set up the free promo to run for the maximum of five days, Monday through Friday of launch week, following the lead from uh, from Scott Britton, who wrote a book on 63 life hacks. Uh, Link to that in the show notes. He had a really detailed breakdown of his launch plan, and it was kind of the inspiration for for a lot of the stuff that I did too. So according to um, some Kindle publishing sites, you should know. Uh, just a p- as a piece of trivia, Sunday has historically been a strong day for running a free promo. Uh, I think people are you know hanging out and on their couches looking for free books. It makes sense. Um, but I since, since this book was kind of aimed towards a more uh, business to business you know audience, I, I thought it would be better suited to start on Monday instead. Now, here here's a small like psychology hack or small you know pricing trick that you might uh, that you might want to test out. So what I did is even if my intention is to intend uh, to eventually sell the book at 2.99 I price the thing at 4.99 during launch week and the reason for that was to give it a higher perceived value and you could even go you could even go higher than that and it's it's all a psychology thing right getting a free $5 thing is uh, is, you know, is a better deal than getting a free $3 thing. You know, if if somebody gives you a free, you know, hands you a dollar, you know, are you that excited? If somebody hands you five or $10, you know, this is exponentially more valuable. So that's one of the reasons uh, for, for pricing a little bit higher uh, during launch week. Because you're going to be pay for free anyways, but the four ninety nine price tag will show up on every page. Hey, you know, save $5. That's fantastic. And the next step is to submit your book. See if you can wrap it up. Submit it a few days early. Before you plan, you say you're planning to launch on Monday, uh, see if you can get it up on Amazon at least by, you know, Thursday, Friday of the week before. If you can get it up there even earlier, that's fantastic. The reason for that is you want to give yourself a little bit of lead time to, um, <laughs> to, to, to make any last-minute changes and edits if you, if you have any, uh, you know, last-minute proofreading, grammatical errors, stuff like that, typos. Plus, you should know you can take Amazon, you know, between 12 and 48 hours to, to review your book and to publish all the changes if you do have those changes to go live. And the second reason for that, and and probably the more important one, is you wanna generate a few user reviews before launching to the general public. And this is the sad thing. Even when a book is free, if it has no ratings on Amazon, people are gonna hesitate hesitate to download it hey you know it's like I, w- I want some social proof that says this is worth this is worth my time even, this is worth my free download even if, even though you know you have unlimited to play with next up okay we're live on Amazon now what so that we've been through all of the pre-launch work from the creation of the book how we use fancy hands to build the foundation of it how we got the cover made um, and how we kind of generated the the whole strategy behind the the launch and everything so next step up now that the book is live on Amazon, my number one priority during this pre-launch time period is to generate reviews, generate some positive initial reviews. So here's what I did. And, and actually, I'll share what I could have done to maybe even have a bigger impact. So what I did, I sent some uh, some personal connections of mine, and some, some of these had contributed to, some of these people had contributed to the book. And so I, hey, here's a here's an advanced copy. It's a PDF copy. Thank you for your, your contribution. Um, if you have a chance, you know, so I sent them a link directly to the review page on Amazon explaining how I was planning to launch on Monday. If they had a minute to drop in a quick review, a quick review, it would be very much appreciated. So I sent out around 30 of these emails. and was very grateful to have collected 12 reviews by Monday morning, all four and five stars. So thank you very much, guys, for your support of, of the launch. I think those were really, really important to have kind of in the bank before, you, before the rest of the world, so to say, uh, you know, saw the book and had the opportunity to download it. And you think about this, real authors, quote, real authors do this all the time, sending out dozens of advanced copies to influential reviewers and members of the press, hoping to gain a favorable review. Now, here's the thing. Because these reviewers were giving a cop- given a copy off Amazon, they show up as unverified reviews. Now, it's actually not as bad as it sounds because Amazon... They know they're not the only game in town and and for most of their products you can buy things elsewhere and they're still happy to collect those user reviews because You know, it's Google loves user-generated content And you know, this is helpful to their customers as well, but because Amazon can't verify the purchase They they actually don't put anything by it But what they do do is when they know somebody has downloaded the book. They'll put verified uh, verified purchase next to the next to the review and so that's my theory is those hold a little bit more weight in the Amazon rankings um, because, you know, this is something, it makes sense. This is something they know. They know this reader, or they know this reader, they don't know that the person read it, but they at least know that they downloaded it or they at least know they bought it. And so this is kind of a uh, a little bit of a debate among authors uh, just because Amazon wants to, like I said, remain open because the honest feedback obviously has value. Uh, but on the flip side of this, you know, some some hateful or some spiteful reviewers or trolls could come in and trash a new book without ever having read it. And so one way to get the, to get verified reviews, if you want to go this route, is it would be to buy Amazon gift cards or Amazon e-gift cards for kind of reliable people in your network uh, in the amount of your book in explaining, hey, um, I'm I'm giving you this gift card so you can go grab my book for free. An honest, can I count on you for an honest review? A a review would be very much appreciated. Now, and the reason I say the gift card route is because you can also gift your book specifically to someone on Amazon, uh, but some authors report having directly gifted book reviews removed. And so that might well, that's why the e-gift card route might be a little safer um, from that standpoint. Now, um, obviously the risk is you have some, some upfront cost involved and the, the recipient could turn around and use that gift card for anything on Amazon. It's not tied into just your book. So there's a little bit of risk, a little bit of financial cost upfront. And the challenging thing with soliciting reviews during your launch is that you need them now to fuel... Better exposure, and more downloads. Um, but in most cases, you've got to give people uh, a chance to actually sit down and read the book first, which is, you know, can be very frustrating. Hey, hey, go download this book, leave a review. And they're like, well, you know, I don't have any time to read it until next week. And you're like, oh my God, I need the. You know, I need these downloads or I need these reviews. You know, kind of in place now, and so that's one reason to be to be a little bit proactive and get the book out there at least a few days ahead of time to start collecting some of these reviews. So that was free for me, or if you go the gift card route, uh, you can spend thirty or fifty bucks on that. Uh, What you might do to save yourself some time: put it up at ninety-nine cents. You know, buy the gift cards and then you know collect the reviews, and then initially. And then change the price back to the 4.99 or 6.99 for your launch week to get that perceived uh, you know perceived value up a little bit. So now you know now now it's almost the time. So we're coming up to the the launch strategy and you're starting to appreciate how much work went into the kind of the background, the behind the scenes of this. Time time for the marketing plan. As as a Kindle author during a free promo. Your primary goal is to get enough initial traction and downloads that your book starts to rank highly on Amazon's own internal charts. Because once you do that, their reach and scale will go far beyond anything you can muster on your own. So it's, it's your, only your job is to get enough eyeballs, enough initial attention. You've got to start the fire. They're going to keep it going for you. So reaching the top five in your category will virtually guarantee a strong download performance. So you should focus your effort on getting that, uh, you know, getting that initial volume to pump up your rank. And once you're there, like I said, Amazon's going to do the work for you. People will naturally discover it through the site. I mean, you know, it's one of the most popular sites in the world, the, the largest, um, you know, the largest shopping site in the world, the largest store in the world. There's something really, really powerful and really, really beautiful of having your products for sale on on that marketplace. So here's the tactics I use to build build that initial momentum. So of course. Uh, for disclosure, I have a, I have you know, an email list, a modest email list. It was less than a thousand subscribers at the time of this launch, and I and I did email them about the book, but I didn't do it until Wednesday or Thursday. I kind of wanted to see how this would do on its on its own, how we, you know Monday Tuesday would play out um, on its own, and started ranking really really highly, kind of on their own marketing efforts without relying mm-hmm. on my own um, you know my own list, my own database. So I also mentioned uh, the podcast mm-hmm. on or sorry, I also mentioned the book launch on this podcast during, uh, during the launch week, which was released Thursday morning. But like I said, my the majority of my marketing efforts were focused Monday, Tuesday. Now let's go through, um, let's go through some of that. And I should also say during the, during the launch week. And even since then, I'm still asking everybody uh, for reviews. Anybody who emails me, Hey, would you mind dropping in an Amazon review? Very much, very much appreciate it. Thank you. Did you know that roughly half of side hustle nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, A N D S.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor brands. As business owners, we understand that good design and product packaging can be key to growing your business. And if your sales are lagging, a rebrand might be part of the solution. Still, it can be really challenging to figure out how to even start the process If you're asking yourself, "Ah, is a rebrand really worth the effort and the cost, you're going to want to check out a recent episode of a great podcast called This is Small Business with Andrea Marquez that walks you through the process of figuring this out. The episode is called How Good Design Can Help Increase Sales, where I learned that design is so much more than just aesthetics. It impacts user experience, it impacts brand perception, and ultimately it impacts business growth. This is Small Business is full of practical insights that you can apply to your business right now. And it answers so many of the kinds of questions that all entrepreneurs have, like how to build your marketing strategy, how to use email lists to increase revenue, and tips to accelerate small business growth, along with tons more. So follow This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, wherever you listen. Okay, so I want to tell you about my 659 email outreach campaign. And this is something that is unique to the nature of this book because it had 500 plus different contributors and 350 different uh, companies or resources named. It really lent itself well to a massive email outreach campaign. So my efforts were broken up into those two segments, contributors and resources. The first step was gathering contact information, and I relied on a combination of fancy hands and my dedicated VA uh, to help with this. So I spent uh, I actually spent 25 additional fancy hands tasks building out the contact info. And this, again, was in Google Docs. It was uh, either the instruction where hey, either find an email address or a contact us page for this person or for this company. In many cases, I went back through and used reportive, which is a free Gmail plugin, to, to kind of guess slash verify some common email formats for these messages. Like if we had a, you know, if we had a, a domain name or a company name, we, you know, we would test, you know, first name at company name, you know, kind of the common email iterations. And what reportive will do, if you have a match, it'll show the picture and you know the social profiles of that person in the sidebar of your Gmail. And so that was a fun way. Uh, to To kind of guess some email addresses and, and get into a bunch more people's inboxes rather than kind of through the generic contact us page on the you know on their websites. So in total, we were able to find reasonably reliable contact info for you know 659 different contributors and resources. This this was actually not without its own challenges because Reportive uh, actually temporarily blocked queries from my account three different times they said hey you are making t- way too many calls to our database or you know however it works too many api calls within a certain time frame something fishy must be going on a you know timeout you know we'll, we'll turn you back on in a little bit but you gotta take it easy for a little bit bud um so i, I spent a couple of days writing individual messages to everybody i could i queued them up to send out monday morning starting at 5 a.m the tool i used to do this was another free gmail plugin, Gmail extension, called Streak. I've had Streak installed for, um, for for quite a while in my account, but never knew how to use it, never really knew what it was for until until a couple weeks ago when I used it for this launch, because you could, there's a little, bot, a little button at the bottom of every email that says schedule, schedule for later. And you're like, oh, that's fantastic. And so I set these up to send, you know, all stacked up to send on Monday morning. Now to write these messages... I used my I used my text expander for Chrome browser plugin which has actually stopped working on Gmail compose Windows but it was working thankfully uh, during the time for that just in the past couple of weeks it stopped working in the compose window so I'm trying to figure out either an alternative or what's going on uh, with that but for each one each email I try to add in at least a line or two of personalization. And an example would be if Reportive showed me that somebody was in San Francisco based on their LinkedIn uh, profile or something, I would say, "Oh, hey, I'm I'm nearby. I'm in the East Bay." Or if they named a tool that was one of my favorites, I would say so and say, "Hey, thanks for recommending um, Schedule Once. For example, I'm a big fan as well." Blah blah blah. Um, by the way, you were cited <laughs> as a contributor. Uh, you know, <laughs> the the reason. The reason I wanted to do it this way instead of in some sort of mail merge or mass mailing was to hopefully avoid the spam filters and, and get a better response rate, but honestly had no idea if this was going to work or not. So it was just, you know, it was a big gamble to spend that much time writing out these individual emails, but I think it I think it really paid off. Uh, my subject line for contributors was, was, I cited you as a contributor in my latest book project. And my subject line for resources was um, the name of the resource is featured in my new book so schedule once is featured in my new book i didn't get fancy and test different subject lines um i just my number one goal is to have something compelling enough to get open coming from a complete stranger like it's a it's a cold email but i, I figured hey i cited you as a contributor in my latest book project would i i would probably open that email be like oh what's this what's this book all about what did i contribute who is this guy what's this what's going on here um so the 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 email itself had two different goals. Uh, goal number one was to generate downloads because downloads obviously very, very important for, you know, boosting the Amazon rank. And the second goal was to generate social sharing. My hope was that people would be curious enough about the project to go to Amazon and download a free copy. After all, they were cited in the book. Um, and so each download helps. And the next goal was, was social sharing. And I focused on Twitter because of the click to tweet tool. You can go check it out at clicktotweet.com. So in each message, I included text that simply said, if you think this is a cool project and want to share, here's a click to tweet link. You know, boom. And with click to tweet, you set up a pre-written tweet for people to share. And so mine said, check out this epic list of 350 plus online resources free today on Amazon. Now I should notice I should note that it was free all week, but I really wanted free today on Amazon for, for the sake of urgency. Um, then I included the domain worksmarter.co. I'm gonna get into that in a second, and it says I'm one of 500 plus contributors, and then via at so that way I could you know I could see who uh, you know I could see who was tweeting it based on who tagged me you know in the in the tweet. The idea is to make it as easy as possible for people to help spread the word. Uh, which in turn would generate more downloads. That was my theory, and I, th- and I definitely think it worked because a lot of people ended up tweeting this out. Now, one missed opportunity I think was not including a hashtag in that tweet. I could, if you could imagine a hashtag business, hashtag entrepreneurship, even maybe hashtag Kindle could have led to much wider discoverability. Uh, you know, probably more more sharing and maybe even becoming a trending topic because it really was doing well on Twitter during uh, during Monday Tuesday of the launch week. But by Sunday evening, I had almost 400 messages ready to go out in my drafts folder with Streak, scheduled to go out in the morning. I'd never attempted anything like this. I didn't know how reliable Streak would be. I didn't know if my Gmail was going to get in trouble, if I knew my account was going to get shut down. And so as a small hedge, I actually set these up to go out um, about a minute apart from each other rather than blasting out all 400 right at, right at 5 a.m. And then I spent, so I mentioned I had 659 emails to send. Um, I didn't get all of them scheduled by Sunday night. So I, you know, I spent Monday and Tuesday also writing, you know, the extra 200 emails. So I was, I I was, I was a mess. I couldn't sleep on Sunday night because I was like so nervous and so excited to see what would happen on Monday morning. And I had two horrible, I had two horrible dreams that night. This is kind of embarrassing to share. The first one Nobody, nobody downloaded it. You know, since I'm like sleep tossing, like I, I wake up and there's like you know nothing, just crickets. No one's responded to any of my emails, or maybe my email thing broke, or whatever it was. And the second dream, and I was devastated by that, by the way. Uh, the second dream was like amazing. I woke up with like ten thousand downloads already. It was just nuts. Everybody loved the book. It was going crazy. And so when I woke up and checked my Amazon account, I saw I like had eighty downloads or something on you know at, at six thirty on Monday morning, I was like kind of deflated because I had just ha- I had i just been off this major high of you know the ten thousand download dream. <laughs> Excuse me. So I had nothing really to compare this launch to. But I, th- I think the email campaign was actually a huge hit. So generated a really good response rate, thirty-seven uh, percent overall, forty-four percent among contributors, a little bit lower amongst the uh, amongst the resources or the companies to kind of bring down that average. Uh, but more than 200 people ended up sharing the book on Twitter and Facebook with a combined, you know, quote unquote social reach in the hundreds of thousands, some really, really powerful tweets that, that ended up getting shared and, and retweeted and, and kind of, uh, shared around. So that cost around, I guess that component of the marketing plan cost around 65 bucks, just worth of, of fancy hands tasks. So you you notice I mentioned the the vanity domain, worksmarter.co, in my click to tweet link. So that was part of the kind of the pre-populated text that would be if people clicked, hey, if you think this is a great, um, if you think this is an interesting project and want to share, click to tweet. You know, rather... And I included that rather than a direct link to Amazon. So I wanted to do this for a couple of reasons. First, I thought it would look cooler. It's you know, a sweet, brandable domain. I was really excited that it was actually available on on Amazon when I went to go look, worksmarter.co. I was like, oh, this is kind of a trendy domain. I like it. Um, and second, it would give me a way to track the clicks. Plus, it actually gave me an easy to say and remember domain to mention on the podcast. Uh, plus, if I ever wanted to mention on any anybody else's podcast it, or if I ever wanted to build out a companion website for the book itself, like I'd be set. So that's cool. So in my hosting cPanel, I just set up the domain to redirect to the Amazon uh, book page, and you know what? I use my affiliate link for that, and this actually turned out to be a uh, to be a money maker. Normally, it would be unheard of for hundreds of people to share your affiliate link. On Twitter, but that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so since I was giving away the book for free, I actually didn't expect to make any sales from it. Um, it was just the only way I knew how to track the click volume because Amazon does not share their analytics with you, which is kind of annoying because you you'd, you'd kind of like to test, you know, conversion rate, how many people landed on my book sales page versus how many people bought. If I change the title or if I change the description text, what happens if I try this cover versus that cover? What happens? Like, that, I mean, that would be valuable information. Unfortunately, I don't know of any way to get that, there's been some people talking about sharing different pixel tracking things or trying to do a, you know, a bit.ly tracking thing, but that, I could never get that to work. Um, so I was really, really surprised uh, because the vanity domain, worksmarter.co, was spread so far and wide on social media, it actually generated over $100 in Amazon affiliate commission during the launch week, even though it pointed to a free book, even though it pointed to a free book landing page, generated over 5,000 clicks and $108 in affiliate commission. Pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, it cost 18 bucks to register the domain, but it generated $108 in commission. So uh, even though that cost a little bit of money upfront, ended up being a net gain of $90 on that, um, you know, on that tactic. In addition to your own marketing efforts, there are dozens of sites that specialize in sharing free and cheap Kindle books. And so this is a, this is a part of any, any launch, you know, any, any podcast, any blog post, any article that talks about Kindle launch, make sure you submit your sites to, you know, the free Kindle promo sites. Now, I don't know how effective these are because, you know, there's no way to track how many downloads came from each, but still it doesn't, it doesn't take very much time. It doesn't hurt to submit your book. So I had fancy hands. Again, submit Work Smarter to uh, to a bunch of different sites. Um, I'll link to those in the show notes. Pixel of Ink, Bargain Book Hunter, stuff like that. Um, Author Marketing Club is one of the bigger ones. Um, and now not all of the, I mean, there's dozens and dozens of these sites. And not all of these are going to be a great fit for your genre. For example, some specialize in fiction, some specialize in, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey style books, some will not accept Fifty Shades of Grey style books, you know, it just it just depends on each different site and their audience. Um, so, you know, make sure you read the rules and regulations. Some some of them require you to have 18 five-star reviews before you're able to submit, or some you've got to pay, some you've got to create an account. Um, you know, it just varies. So the best bet, I think, is to cast kind of a wide net uh, and, and try and generate some some downloads by sharing on these different sites. So it costs a couple uh, fancy hands requests, you know, maybe five bucks worth. There's also some Fiverr sellers who promise to do this for you as well. Aside from your regular social media updates, there are a bunch of Facebook groups. So Facebook was the next component of my marketing, my marketing outreach, uh, dedicated to sharing free Kindle books. And to me, it looks like these groups are primarily filled with other authors who are kind of eager to just check the box on this marketing tactic. But when the membership's you know the kind of the membership numbers for these groups are in the thousands, sometimes tens of thousands. So it really can't hurt to post, right? So here, you know, kind of the I'll, I'll link to the, the top five Kindle free books that I that I submitted to. I, I'm not. I wouldn't. Again, I can't track how many downloads came for these. I wouldn't depend on these types of groups to deliver you very many downloads. But it only takes a second to go. You know, join the group, drop in your link, drop in the books info. Now naturally, if you're if you're active in any Facebook group, much much better performance uh, from from these types of groups uh, you know if people know you if people know your material you know you're gonna have much better much better chances there especially if your if your content is relevant to the topic of the group uh, be sure to post it in there as well for example i've been a member of uh, pat flynn's you know kindle kindle author facebook group for a couple years it's at patsfirstbook.com if you want to check it out so i made sure to share my launch along with a little insight on how you use fancy hand or how i use fancy hands to support the book's uh, creation and marketing plan You you're you're welcome to post your free book in there as long as you post some sort of lesson learned on, uh, you know, something you learned while writing it or, you know, on marketing it or something like that. Otherwise, it just kind of becomes a big pitch fest and it it gets obnoxious. So be sure to add some value to the group if you're going to do that sort of thing. Now, one thing I screwed up on during um, one thing I screwed up on Facebook during my launch week was on my own personal sharing. So I posted a screenshot picture of, of the book as it was at number one on the business charts with a link to the Amazon page. But I didn't even think to adjust my privacy settings, and so my my picture settings, right? Since I uploaded as a picture, um, my settings say, "Hey, only friends can view my photos, even when they get shared by others." And so when this post actually ended up doing really, really well, it got a ton of likes, got a ton of shares, but it didn't have nearly the reach it could have because, and I didn't even think about this until Facebook gave me a little notice, like, "Hey, so and so shared your picture, but due to your privacy settings, you know, only the people you originally shared it with will be able to see." And so, you know, all these people were going out of their way to do me a favor, and it didn't have nearly the effect that it could have—the kind of the network effect, the viral effect. And so that was a big, big screw up that I probably, um, you know, live, live and learn. Nothing, nothing I can do about it now. But something that if you guys have a similar track tactic, I want to, um, you know, make sure you adjust the privacy setting. I think you're going to do it. I think you're going to adjust for, you know, on a one-off, like per per photo or something. So that would have been, that would have been smart. But I didn't do it. Uh, LinkedIn was my next. Marketing component. So what I did was I searched LinkedIn for groups I thought might be interested in the book's material. Um, you know, so, so I searched keywords like small business, entrepreneur, entrepreneurship, productivity, and you know, and a few others. And I was surprised to find some groups with like over ten thousand members and these are all open groups anybody can join uh, so what i did i you know, so anybody can join um, but some will put your post your promo post into moderation uh, while others will allow you to post immediately right away you know just hey join the group post your you know post your can post your comment some people will think this is spammy but i was like hey you know i think i think there's actually some value in this book you know it's I, I spent a month compiling all these resources from today's top entrepreneurs you know it's free on amazon and i'm not trying to sell you anything and so i don't know how many I don't know how effective this was. I don't know, um, you know, how many downloads came from that, but it didn't take a ton of time and it had a, I'll say nominal reach of tens of thousands of people. And, you know, not all of those people were active on LinkedIn at any given time, but pretty cool, um, pretty cool opportunity if it did work. Now, next up was Quora, which I've been experimenting with, you know, off and on, you know, responding to different answers or writing answers to different questions uh, on Quora and so I had Fancy Hands create a list of Quora questions related to online resources, internet tools, productivity apps, and some other keywords I was looking for. And so what I w- what I did, I went in and offered an answer to those questions, and I threw in a link at the bottom uh, to the book with a note like, hey, if you're interested, I just finished a book project um, on this very topic, and it's free this week on Amazon if you want to go check it out. So that costs a couple bucks worth of Fancy Hands tasks. Not, uh, not any huge expense there. All right, so you guys ready for the results? The free promo results? So in total, I gave away... Twenty thousand two hundred fifteen copies of Work Smarter over the five-day launch, which was just amazing. Just uh, you know, blew away any previous launch I've done by you know an order of magnitude. It was it was really really something to watch those you know to hit refresh and watch the numbers go up by a hundred, go up by two hundred every time. It was so cool, so cool to see. So by the end of my you know my, my email and Twitter blitz on Monday, Tuesday, so I'd crack the top hundred. Uh, you know free books on Amazon fiction, nonfiction, everything and you know I added another um, you know another couple dozen reviews, which was really really cool very very powerful to see the feedback and stuff uh, for coming in so thank you if you've reviewed the book, thank you so much if you haven't still very much appreciate it because that really helps keep the momentum going now the the bulk of so but the bulk of my efforts, uh, my external efforts, I should say, were focused on Monday. Uh, but the biggest download days were actually Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I think that's because the, the early efforts really helped bump up the book's rank on Amazon. And as, as it continued to pick up more reviews and climb the ranks throughout the rest of the week, it eventually hit number one in business, number two in all nonfiction, and number 13 overall in the free Kindle store. It just uh, you know, just so, so awesome to see really, really cool. Um, I was excited for it, but what about the, what about the dollars, right? Like, so giving away 20,000 copies and generating a few hundred email signups, that's fantastic, but it doesn't pay the bills, right? Like, you, you know, I spent some time creating this, I spent some money or I spent some fancy hands tasks, you know, creating this normally that would cost people money. Um, so where's, where's the return on investment on this, right? So like I said, uh, the transition from free to paid, is is crucial and I was and I was about ready to screw this up royally. So thankfully, um thankfully this is something else that came out of my conversation with conversation with Chandler Bolt during the middle of the week. So he explained that every book that comes off a free promo has a three hour window in which it will still rank on Amazon's free charts. So if you let your promo expire naturally in the middle of the night, which is set to do, if you say, hey I'm gonna run a five day promo, it's gonna cut off in my case, I was going to cut off Friday at midnight, um, your odds of capitalizing on that three hours of, of exposure on the free charts are not great. But if you cut it off manually in the middle of the day, uh, a little bit of a different story. So on his recommendation, I pulled the plug around midday on Friday and changed the price to 99 cents. This was right around noon Pacific time on Friday. And I put it at 99 cents, um, again, at Chandler's recommendation, because you're showing up on the free charts. People are expecting a free book, but they say, "Hey, this has good reviews. It's has this is ranking well. This looks interesting." Oh, it's not free anymore, but it's just ninety nine cents. It's a relatively small hurdle to overcome, and so I set it at ninety nine cents. Uh, you know, over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and actually sold four hundred sixty copies at that price point, which because of their royalty structure, didn't earn a ton of royalties, maybe 150, 160 bucks in royalties. And the value behind that, aside from the royalties, you know, set the royalties aside for a second. So you're selling at 99 cents, not to generate the income from it, but to prove that people are willing to pay for this book, even if it's just 99 cents. The paid downloads and the free downloads are two two completely separate, you know, ranking algorithms. And so you need to capitalize on this initial, um, you know, initial window to prove that your book will sell. Um, so Amazon will rank it on the paid charts now, and, and, and so another marketing tip: what I did during this time is I updated the first line of my book description to to make people make sure people knew, hey, this is a limited time promo. So I put just ninety nine cents for a limited time! Exclamation! Um, and you can actually make this text bold in your KDP description by adding, you know, the HTML B tags, you know, the close opening B and closing B tags for bold. Maybe maybe that's too technical. I don't know, but I I liked it. So this, this keeps your book ranking well just on the paid charts. And that was, a I think, a successful transition. So it sold, sold a few hundred copies uh, once switching to paid, which was fantastic. And now it starts ranking well on the paid charts. And that's where the money is. Um, so during week two, here's another tactic that you can do. During week two, I added a paperback version of the book using CreateSpace. Uh, CreateSpace, I recommend for all Kindle authors. It's a print-on-demand service. It's owned by Amazon. Um, there's a couple reasons why every book should have a paperback version number 1 not everyone has a kindle and even though they've got the reader apps and i don't have a kindle i just you know read on my ipad um, but people you know not everyone wants to read an ebook and number 2 it makes your kindle book look like a comparatively better deal so you price your paperback version at 8.99 9.99 your Kindle version at two ninety nine looks like amazing deal, and Amazon puts this pretty prominently. Print list price nine ninety nine, and then they cross it out, and it says Kindle price two ninety nine. You save seventy percent in you know in bold print they put out there. So it's really really cool. Um, you know, I don't expect people, or I guess I when I first did this, I never expected people to buy the paperback. Hey, why would you do that when you can get the Kindle reader app and you can get the thing for two ninety nine? But people buy it. Like that's that's the the um, added benefit or the surprise benefit in addition to making the kindle uh, book look like a sweet deal people actually buy the paperback version and that's so that's another revenue channel for you now going forward my hope is that work smarter can be a, a passive income asset you know, it's going to help people looking to be more efficient, and productive online. And, and as it continues to generate reviews, it continues to generate sales. I think it has a great chance to become that passive income asset for months or years down the road. Like I said, it's closing in on $1,000 in earned income in just a couple weeks for sale. So I'm really excited to see where it goes from here. Thank you so much for taking the time to um, to listen. Like I said, already already looking forward to the uh, you know revised and expanded 2015 edition. Now, as it took you know probably eight or nine hours to put this uh, put the notes together for this episode, you know it sold another you know 13 14 copies. So I'm really excited for how go you know how it's how it's performing. So we went through the pre-launch um, and all the work that went into that. The, the marketing plan, what you can steal um, and borrow from from my marketing tactics, what went well, what went wrong, how I screwed up on Facebook, how I screwed up a little bit on Twitter by not having the hashtags, and uh, and how you can kind of transition your book from free into paid and and generate that asset and start ranking on the paid charts. Anyways, that's episode 58. Hope you enjoyed this. Hope it's helpful. Hopefully, you can uh, use the same tactics to launch a Kindle book of your own. Any questions, feedback, let me know. Happy to... Um, Provide any guidance or other results uh, that I might be able to share. Um, head on over to the show notes at Sidehustlination.com/slash episode 58 and uh, and leave a comment if you like this one. And, uh, and we'll go from there. Happy Friday. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. This edition of The Side Hustle Show is sponsored by Squarespace. One of the biggest obstacles I hear from Side Hustle Show listeners is simply dealing with the technical frustrations of getting a site online and making it look the way you want. If that sounds familiar, I want to invite you to try Squarespace's new AI-guided design system called Squarespace Blueprint. You can choose from professionally curated layout and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up and then tailor it to your brand or business and optimize it for every device. It makes it easy to launch your website and get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools so you show up more often to more people and grow the way you want. Whether you sell physical or digital products or provide a service to clients, Squarespace makes it easy to start selling online, and you can make checkout seamless for your customers by accepting credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and even offer customers the option to buy now and pay later. So head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash side hustle to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash side hustle.